there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in trading stocks, whether as a side hustle or a full-time gig, then this is the episode for you because my next guest started trading stocks nine years ago. And when she did, she initially saw it as a way to supplement her income. Well, today she is a full-time trader and she's also teaching hundreds how to do the same. But before I introduce you to Terry Egioma, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays to give you a sneak peek into the episodes and the professionals we're going to be featuring that week. And it is super easy to do, maybe even easier than day trading. No, I'm guessing it is a lot easier than day trading. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee. And the sign-up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Terry Egioma, the founder and CEO of Invest with Terry, online courses to teach you how to make money day trading on Wall Street. Trading gave Terry the freedom she wanted, and there is not a single day that goes by where she regrets her decision to quit her job back in 2017. According to Terry, she went from working and making about $4,000 a month as an assistant principal in Texas to making $4,000 an hour. In fact, she just told me she made $13,000 an hour just today before we started our interview. And instead of working 24-7, she generally puts in less than four hours a day when she's trading. Her current record is making $35,000 in a day. That's close to what she made as an assistant principal in a year. And now she is actively trying to break her own record. Terry began her career out of college working as a management consultant before moving into education, real estate, and the nonprofit world. When she started trading stocks nine years ago, she initially saw it as an opportunity to supplement her income. However, she was so successful with this side hustle that in 2017, she decided to quit her job travel the world, and begin trading full-time. In 2018, Terry was named Entrepreneur of the Year by National Black MBA Association and was the grand champion of Teachables, that is the online teaching platform, 2019 Creator Challenge. Terry, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am ready. Oh my gosh, Andrea. I love your voice. Your voice is just the best. Oh my God. You are so sweet. Well, your voice is pretty darn amazing too. And I have to ask you, because I know you travel a lot. Where in the world are you today, Terry? 
Today I am in Texas. I'm actually home for the first time in three weeks. I was in California before this and DC. So I'm actually happy to be home. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So we could have done this in person because I'm in the DC area too. Oh, you're in D.C.? Well, I'm in Dallas, Texas, though. I'm in Dallas. But when you were in D.C. over the last three weeks, we could have met in person. You're right. Yes, you're so right. (laughs) It's okay. It's all good. Then I would have had to kind of dry my hair, put on some makeup, and instead of being here in my grubby old t-shirt and jeans, huh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and who wants to who wants to get dressed up? No. I know, I know, but it's it's okay on occasion. I'm just so glad. And as somebody who also works for herself, right? Isn't it nice to not have to get all dressed up to go into the office? Oh man, the freedom. Like that has just been the blessing this year. When I look at just the freedom over my own time to decide what I want to do with my own schedule, the freedom to just innovate and think of my next step by myself, like that freedom is priceless. It's just so priceless. Absolutely. And I'm going to throw something else in there because this has really hit me. When you work for yourself, you don't have to deal with bureaucracy. You don't have to deal with consensus. I also worked in the nonprofit world, right? Where you're getting your colleagues to buy into what you're doing. And sometimes they do in some, or what you want to do. Sometimes they buy in and sometimes they don't. Oh, man. I, I think the, the hardest part with the bureaucracy is just the timeline, too. You'll think of something and it'll be a great idea, but it takes like two or three months to get everybody on board. And by the time we finally do the idea, it's not a good idea anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, listen, girlfriend, I am from one entrepreneur and I am really just starting out. And P.S., I'm not earning any revenue yet. And I know that's what you are all about. So I have so much respect for what you're doing and for how quickly you have turned your side hustle into your main hustle and a very lucrative main hustle, we might add. So I am super excited to talk to you today. And before we get into what you're doing now, Terry, and how you built your career up to this point, I was thinking it might be helpful for our young listeners to learn a bit more about what trading is, what day trading is, and how it works. Sure. So when you think about investing in general, you are putting your money into something that you think will eventually grow. And I compare it to when I was back in high school, I invested as well, but I had a candy store. So (laughs) yes, I mean, I had the best candy store ever. Like I even had other students working for me in my little candy store. I recruited teachers to host my candy stands in their classrooms. Like I had a a big operation going in high school. Wow. (laughs) But basically what I would do is I would go to Costco, I would buy blow pops or lollipops, whatever it was, and I would spend like 25 cents per lollipop. And then I would go to school and I would upcharge them. I would sell it for 50 cents. Well, that's the same thing that you're doing with investing. It's really that simple. You're buying stocks at a low price and then you're waiting for them to go up in value and you're selling them at a high price. And it's really just a negotiation between buy 
buyers and sellers. What am I willing to sell this to you for? And what are you willing to pay to actually have this this stock or this share of, of a company? That's really all it is. It's a negotiation between buyers and sellers. And you're just, you know, buying something low and selling it a little higher. That's trading. Okay. And so when you refer to trading, you are referring, I think, to day trading. Is that right? Yes. For me, it's day and swing trading. But I think the best term is just I'm an active investor. So instead of being a long-term investor or a buy and hold investor that would hold something for a year or longer, I usually get into a stock and get out of the stock within probably like one day to two or three weeks is my normal time frame. Okay. It sounds to me and I've done a little bit of reading ahead of our conversation today, Terry. It sounds to me like to be really good at this, to know if in fact you're buying when the price is low and not when it's high, you probably need to be up on the news. You need to be following what's happening, whether it's with trade wars, what's happening around the world, political instability, Brexit in the UK and with Europe, workers strikes, gas prices, because all these things affect the ability of businesses or corporations, those that are listed on the stock exchange to make money because to sell their products or to get their raw materials through their supply chains in order to make their products, right? They are, their business models are hinging on whether there are strikes or aren't strikes or gas prices are high or low. So yes, I would say to be a good investor, you do need to keep up with current events and be aware of the news. However, I would actually say in my trade and travel course, what I really teach my students is how to read charts. Because when you're able to read a stock chart, you can actually see where are the big banks buying a lot of shares of a company and where are they selling. And that's more important than the news. One of the things I would actually say, especially to my students is, Big banks don't really care what's happening in the overall economy. They are able to put in a million share order to, to buy a stock at a certain price and they just put it in the computer and let it sit in there. So what you really need to know is where is Morgan Stanley? Where is Goldman Sachs? Where are they buying a million shares of this company? At that price, if I can get into to the stock at that price, I know that it's going to jump up because anytime you have a lot of buyers of a company at the same time, it jumps in price. Just like if you had like a housing auction or an, any kind of auction and you have a lot of buyers, they'll bid the price up. That's what's happening when you have these big orders sitting in the computer. Or on the other side, if you have a lot of sellers at the same time, like just imagine you were selling your house and there were a ton of houses selling on the same street, you might start lowering your price so that you're the first one to get bought. That's what happens with stocks too. When there's a lot of people selling at the same time, then the stock prices will fall. So if you know where the big banks are starting to sell like a huge chunk of shares at the same time, you'll know where to get out of a stock. And you can do that using a chart. So it's great to follow the news. It's great to follow trends. But the real professional traders will tell you being an being a technical analysis trader. So looking at charts is really how you'll make money as a trader. Oh, my goodness. See, I didn't know that. That's amazing. What charts are you talking about? So if someone, I'll give a couple of resources. If someone were to download the CNBC app 
or even um, investing.com. Those are just some websites where you can look at stock charts. What you'll do is you can look at a candlestick chart. It's a certain type of chart that has candlesticks of where the share price has moved during the day. Those charts, when you look at formations in those charts, it will actually reveal to you where the banks are buying and where the banks are selling. And that's like what I teach my students to find. How do you find those places so that you know when to get in and out of a trade? Got it. So do you have a daily routine, Terry, that you go through, whether it's reading charts, reading the latest in the news, before you get on the computer, you may be on the computer reading all of that stuff, but then move over to the day trading side of what you do or the active investing side of what you do. I do. So one thing that's really been cool in my course is I teach a seven-step trading plan. And like I I'm smiling. You guys can't see the smile, but um, it makes me so happy because I feel like I finally cracked the code. Like I've been trading for nine years and the first six years I didn't have a routine. I didn't have like, this is what I do every time I take a trade and I didn't see consistency. But now I've put in a plan and I see consistency in my trades and my profits. And so it's, it's about like I wake up in the morning. Usually I wake up about an hour before the stock market opens. I turn on um, CNBC and I'm not promoting them, but they're a really great resource if anybody's thinking about trading stocks because they tell you all about the different financial news. So I usually turn that on at eight o'clock central time, nine o'clock Eastern. And I hear like, what's the latest thing going on? Whether it's like you were saying, is Brexit happening today? Is there an impeachment or something crazy? You know, like just there's always something crazy, trade wars. And (laughs) so you get, I get the lay of the land by turning on the TV and starting to like figure out what the news says. But then, as I said before, then I open up my brokerage account and I start looking at the charts of the stocks that I'm invested in. And looking at the charts, I then start looking, okay, where are the banks buying and where are the banks selling in each one of my stocks? And then I can keep going and I have like a risk management plan and a few more steps that I do. And I can kind of determine okay, is this a stock that I want to get into right now? If so, let's take the trade this morning. Is it a stock that I want to maybe get out of? Maybe it's reached its highs and I'll, I'll get out of that trade. So like I'll do all those things. And then after about two hours, I'm finished trading. Usually I've reached my daily goal or I've decided like, hey, I'm going to hold this one for the rest of the day and I start managing the trade. Okay, am I going to exit or will I move my stops up? A stop is a type of order in trading. It'll actually protect you from losing money. So that's something I encourage everybody to always have in place when they're trading. Put a stop loss in so that you don't lose too much money on any trade. But I may I may move that and then I go about my day and start doing other fun stuff. (laughs) So you gave us one of the things that you do and you've got a seven step trading plan that you mentioned. Is it a course, the seven step trading plan? It is. It's called Trade and Travel. It's actually my course on Teachable. People can find out about it at itradeandtravel.com. Okay. And I is the letter I. Yes. Yes. Okay. Can you give us a window into maybe another part of your day that ensures that you are not losing money on any of these trades? 
Sure. So let me tell you a couple. So a couple more of the steps in that trading plan are looking at my reward to risk ratio, calculating my quantity size, and then putting in that stop loss order. So telling you guys the formulas for the reward to risk and the quantity size may be a little bit too much for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but- I'm beginning to think I need some uh, paper and a notepad here. <laughs> Yeah. But I do want to make sure that like, if you're listening right now and you are a trader, like I feel like some of this stuff is just so important for us to know. I didn't know it when I was starting to trade and I feel like I really missed out. So like one of the important things I will go a little deeper on is the stop loss order. So the stop loss is kind of like, have you ever been zip lining? Oh, yeah. Andrea? Mm-hmm. So you know how when you zip line and you're going down through the trees, you hit a buoy and it like stops you. Yes. It like just stops your momentum before you get to the platform. Yes. That's what a stop loss order is in your trading. So whenever you place a trade to get into, like, say I want to buy 100 shares of Chipotle stock. It's been doing well. So that's just on my mind. So um, like, let's just say I want to buy 100 shares of Chipotle and I get into the trade at a certain price. So let's say for easiness. Let's say I get in at $800. You can actually put in a stop loss a little below that. So maybe maybe say, I don't want to lose more than $10 per share on this trade. I can put in a stop loss at $790. That way, if the stock market goes up, I'm so excited because I made money. But if that stock goes down, it'll take me out of the trade and I won't lose more than the $10 per share because I put that stop loss in. So I think that's a super important order type and thing that people should start learning how to use to protect themselves. Fantastic. Do you have to be good at math to be a good active investor? No. (laughs) No. You don't. I said I said it so quick. I'm laughing at myself. But um, no, you don't. There's two reasons why. So one reason that you don't have to be good at math is because we have calculators. And and I think that that actually is like the truth for most math classes now. Like when I was in calculus in college and even physics, because there's a lot of math, like, yes, you have to know math, but now so much is in the calculator. You can put it in and it'll tell you the answer. So no, I think some of it, like, don't worry. If you're not good with numbers, like you are good. And then the other thing is trading is actually more about knowing when you can find a discount and managing your emotions. As I was telling you, it's that negotiation between buyers and sellers. That's the same type of thing going on when you go to a a store and you decide, you know, I'm not going to buy that dress right now. I'm going to wait until it goes on clearance because I know for Labor Day or Black Friday, it's going to go on clearance. That kind of mindset is the mindset that we take in trading. You're able to figure out like this is a really good company, but I'm not going to buy it right now. I'm going to wait till it goes on clearance. And so that doesn't take math. That's just business savvy. Yes. Okay, I get that. We are going to get more into trading a little bit later. But as I mentioned in the introduction, before you moved into trading full-time, Terry, you were in the field of education. You were an assistant principal. How did you get started in trading with such a demanding full-time job? I actually was first exposed to trading in high school. I went to a program at Northwestern University and they were just introducing students from all over the U.S. to business. And I'm so glad that I went to that program because before that, I thought I was going to be an architect. I wanted to design subdivisions. But I went to this program and they exposed us to 
just different facets of business. We did a marketing competition. We went to the Chicago Stock Exchange, and that was my first exposure to the stock market. We did just several things in business. And I remember being really fascinated when we visited the stock exchange. And so I came back home. That was my junior year going into senior year. I came back home and I was on fire for stocks. I was asking all my teachers, like, how do I invest? Google was IPOing my senior year of high school. So I was like, how do I get in at $83? It's like over $1,300 now. Wow. I'm like, right? My whole life would have been different. But nobody actually knew how to do it. Not my teachers, not my my mom and grandmother. None of us knew how to actually get invested or get involved. And so I went to college and I decided that I would study business there. So I went to MIT and everybody's always like, you didn't do engineering at MIT? No, I still liked business. So <laughs> so I, I went to MIT and I actually interned on Wall Street at Morgan Stanley. So I was continually exposed to this stock market thing, even though I didn't know how to trade for myself. Fast forward, I decided not to go into investment banking, but to go into, as you as you told them, consulting. And then one of our clients was education. So I went into this whole different route. But I still, in the back of my mind, knew that you could make money from investing in stocks. So when I needed to supplement my income, I started investing in stocks on my own, especially after the housing crash, when everything had come down. I knew that had to be a good time to start investing, started investing, figuring out a strategy. And then the story goes from there. I was able to quit and start traveling the world. So there we go. Like before you quit. Obviously, the stock market is open from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., right? Monday through Friday. And that's pretty much the same hours as the school day. And I know that you're not working there anymore. It doesn't matter. You know, you can <laughs> confess, you know, give us the straight scoop. How were you managing to trade during the school day, Terry? I was totally trading at work. I'll, I'll admit it. I was, <laughs> I was totally um, so I would make, I would make a 30 minute appointment with myself in the beginning of the day. And I think one thing that was kind of cool about working for a school was that we woke up so early as an assistant principal, I had to be there before the students came. And then we, so I was there by 7am central time and the market opens at 830. So that actually gave me time to get the school ready, but then also to get myself ready and I can trade from my cell phone. So I I would kind of look at my stocks in the morning. I made like a 30 minute appointment with myself, which I highly recommend to anyone. Just side note, you can always make like a 30 minute appointment with yourself to get yourself ready for the day, whether that is ready for your work day or ready for trading. I, I highly advocate meetings with yourself. <laughs> but but I would do like a, a 30 minute me a meeting with myself in the morning. And then at lunchtime, I would check my cell phone again. And then at lunchtime, I'd be able to see, do I need to move anything around with my stocks? But it's, I think the key is that it's so easy to do on your cell phone. And because I was so good at doing it on my cell phone while I was working, then that made it so much easier to trade when I was traveling. So I could still be anywhere and just trade from my cell phone. So how did you go from trading on your cell phone as a side hustle to quitting your job? and going all in on trading in 2017. I got to a point in my job where I just could not take it anymore. I knew that I had to get out and I needed some kind of exit strategy. So one of my bosses was just, oh man, she was she was a piece of work. 
<laughs> and she would just nitpick about everything. Like I remember doing this one project and we had we had posted these beautiful banners all over the hallways of the school. We were really trying to make sure that the kids, like when they saw it, they'd be excited. So uh, between me and the janitor, because I was over all the operations of the school. So me and the janitor, we did this big project posting everything up. We think it's amazing. And she comes in and says, well, I don't think it's very good because on one of the banners, you used a different color thumbtack than all the other banners. And it was just like, really, you're you're complaining about the color of one thumbtack when I've done all this beautiful work and that's what you want to focus on. <laughs> so I was if you can just imagine things like that happening to you every day, it can just it just wore me out. And I, I started getting I was depressed. I was feeling like I wasn't good enough, like nothing that I did was good enough. Then I was wondering, like, how do I keep getting in these situations? Because it felt like I had gone through several jobs where I had just been under these like really stressful, toxic environments at work. And then on top of all that, one of my friends passed away and he was young. He was like 31 years old and he passed away from like something, a fluke accident. He was allergic to the medicine they gave him for strep throat. And like, I'm like, you're not supposed to die from strep throat. But all of those things combined, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I knew that life was just too short. I've got, I've got to get out of here. So that's when I started trying to get better at, at stocks. And so I took courses. I went, I paid $20,000 per investing class. And if you can imagine as an assistant principal, I didn't have money like that. So I paid for it on a credit card, but I said, you know what? I've got to get good at this. I have to learn how to do this better. And all I needed was $300 a day to replace my income. So if, if if I could just, you know, work myself, work trading up to where it could support me $300 a day, then I could quit. And so tell me about the day you quit. What was that like? Oh, I was terrified. <laughs> I was literally terrified. So I, I remember I was supposed to have a phone call with my principal and I had a feeling that he was going to offer me the job for next year and ask me, you know, are you ready for the next school year? Because it was right before we were going into to summer break and I just avoided the phone call. So I, I had a friend that was in the hospital. I went and I slept in the hospital with him. And I told my principal, I can't talk on the phone right now. My friend needs me. He's in the hospital. He did not need me. He was totally fine in his own hospital bed with Netflix. He did not need me on the couch. But I was terrified. So I finally took the call. My principal was like, okay, well, Terry, can you talk now? I said, sure. I took the call and I remember him saying, oh, we're so excited to have you again for next year. We can't wait for all the new stuff that we're about to do. And I said, well, thank you so much for that, but I'm leaving. And he was like, he, he was like, what? He was so confused. And I was so elated. Like I, I just felt like a, a weight was lifted off of me. So it was a tough day, but I'm so happy that I, I put myself first because really that's what it was. I put myself first instead of just going along with the flow or with, or with what other people needed. Oh, I can just imagine what that was like, because you're still very young. You're in your early 30s. So my goodness, how long did it take you to go from earning, I guess you were earning at that point, maybe $300 a day day trading? Yes. And even had some losses in there. And I, so I would never tell somebody you'll win every day. It was more of an average of $300 a day because you have some good days and then 
You'd have some days where maybe you don't make make as much money. But it took me about a year to get consistent. From when I was consistently seeing $300 a day and then starting to build up, to more money, like $1,000 a day, that probably took me another year. So a year to get consistent and then another year to start building up to bigger numbers. And how long after you quit did you start traveling the world? Two months. Well, I quit in July and then we left. I say we, but it was really I left. I sold all my stuff, packed all I had into a suitcase and then went to South Korea for my first month abroad. But I went with one of those travel programs where you stay one month at a time in different places and you go in a group. So my first city was in October. So July, September, August, October. It's probably about two or three months. Okay. And it was while you were in one of those countries, I believe it was Thailand, that you started teaching. Is that right? Yes. And it was actually not by choice. The people that I was traveling with kept asking me to teach them, but they would ask in like covert ways. Like they would say, oh, Terry, can we go to coffee? We just really want to pick your brain about something. And <laughs> and it ended up being so many people asking me. I said, fine, guys, how about we just go to the, the local co-working space and I'll host a class. So they convinced me to do my first class. But then once we were in it and I was teaching them about what I do in stocks, I lit up and I I had to admit that I loved it. I really enjoyed teaching them. And they they liked receiving it. They asked me to do it again the next month. We went to a different location. Now we were in Vietnam, but I decided I, I agreed to do another class for them in Vietnam. And how did you go from teaching on location in foreign countries to developing an online course that you started selling? I have to give a lot of credit to one of my friends that I met in Thailand. I had told him that I think the only way, like I told him I'd really like teaching, but I only want to teach live. I would never teach anything online, but he really pushed me. So I came back home in January. I was in grad school. So I went to Dallas Theological Seminary. I was finishing up my last semester and During that semester, he reached out to me in about March and was like, Terry, have you heard about this thing called Teachable? They actually have online courses. And I was like, I'm not going to teach anything online. If I do this again, I'll just do it in person. So he said, well, what if I help you? And I said, well, I'm still only going to do it in person. We went ahead and we put together a live workshop and I thought no one would come. We did all the steps. We put it on my Instagram page, told my friends and family. If you want to learn about stocks, I'm going to do an intro to stock market class just because I promised my friend that I'll do one (laughs) and to get him off my back, I'll do this one class and 71 people showed up. And not only did those 71 people come, but my friends in different cities asked for it too. So I had to promise them, okay, well, fine, I'll do an, I'll do a webinar then and I'll, I'll cover it for you guys online. And then people signed up for that. And I said, oh, goodness, well, maybe there's something to this online course. So in that class, I promised, not I promised, but I I pre-sold that I had an online course, which I did not have at this time. But I said, hey, guys, if anybody wants to learn how to invest, I have two two courses that I'm willing to sell. And two people actually bought the class. I was I was floored. 
I thought nobody would buy the class and then I'd have permission to tell my friend, see, I told you nobody wants this online course and I'd get to just keep traveling and living my life. But they bought the class and so now it's turned into a a big course. Okay. So how much does it cost, Terry, for the average person? And most of our listeners on Time for Coffee are college students, young professionals, most likely who don't have a lot of free cash on hand. But how much does it take for the average person to get started trading? I actually suggest that they start with $500. And here's why. When you open a brokerage account at one of the more prominent broker brokerage firms, so like the one I use is TradeStation. Also, you guys may have heard of like Charles Schwab and Interactive Brokers and TD Ameritrade because they've been in the news a lot lately. When you open a brokerage account with them, They usually have a deal where if you put in $500, they'll give you access to a simulator, which is where you can trade with fake money until you start seeing results. And so I tell my students, start with just opening the account with $500. And then while you're learning, I want you to practice in the simulator and keep practicing in the simulator until you start seeing consistent gains. Then you can move back over to your real account and you can decide based on your results how much money you want to want to put into the account. So I have some students that after they see results, they're like, you know what, I'm moving over my whole IRA and I'm going to start trading that whole IRA account for retirement. Or there's some students that every month they'll put a little bit more into their their trading account as they're continuing to to grow in their skill set. So it'll be a little different for every person, but you need to start with at least $500. Okay, great. So speaking of learning, let's flash back to when you were in college. As you've already mentioned, you went to the master's. Massachusetts Institute of Technology to MIT. You graduated in 2006 and you got your bachelor's in management science. Did you know what you were going to do with that degree, Terry, when you graduated? I thought that I would be the VP of marketing for some big Fortune 500 company. I thought that I would be in some big corner office and I would be telling everybody what to do. That is not at all what I do now, but I am completely in love with what I do now. I'm in love with my lifestyle. I think that is quite apparent. (laughs) So what extracurricular activities were you involved in outside of your classes that in hindsight, may have given you some of the skills that you were able to put to use once you got into the professional world, maybe that you're even putting into use right now. In college, I was part of a business plan competition program where we actually went to other countries and then put on business plan competitions. So we actually went to the United Arab Emirates and had a business plan competition in Dubai. And I was over all the logistics. And I can just see now that that like sparked my love of travel, that sparked my love of like putting together a a great business. That was a great just foresight into what I'm doing now. I also used to love to build things. So I built my whole bunk bed. I built this beautiful wooden bunk bed that had the bed on the top. I made the whole sec- the whole bottom level a desk. And I went into the, the wood shop and built it from hand. And I think that's another thing that looking back, I'm like, you know what? I, I've always been a builder. I've always liked to build things from scratch and see them come to life and then see how functional they can be. So those are two I would definitely say stick out in my mind. Okay. And we should also mention we're not going to get into it, but 
in addition to having been in the field of education, you've also been in the real estate world and you got your broker's license and you even launched a company there. Yes, I've been a a broker here in Texas for 10 years and really built that to starting to help like over 100 teachers a summer relocate to Dallas. So yes, I've been building companies for a while. And as you've mentioned, you got your master's in media and communications in 2017 from the Dallas Theological Seminary. As you look at all of these different experiences, Terry, do you see a through line? I do. I'm an investor. I love investing in real estate. I love investing in stocks, but I also like investing in people. And I think that's the ministry part of it. I'm, I'm very big on how do we invest in people's lives to improve their life, but then also just show them the love of God. And I, I see that seed and that thread throughout every aspect of my life. What advice do you have for our young listeners, Terry, who may be graduating in May of 2020? Maybe they've already graduated and are feeling lost about how they're going to be able to turn their degree into a meaningful career, maybe like you, into a career that's going to be profitable to help them pay down all those loans. I would say step out on faith and try your hardest to do it afraid. Everything is going to be a little scary, but that doesn't mean don't do it. That means just do it afraid. And sometimes your family won't be able to help you. My mom will tell you she was the scariest person in my circle when I decided to quit my job. She was the one that was like, but what about your benefits? Are you sure you want to quit? Nobody likes their job. They just go to work every day. (laughs) Um, So know that sometimes you may be alone. It may be a little scary, but just do it anyway, because the biggest risks are like that. Speaking of risks and speaking of times that are scary, can you share a time in your professional life, Terry, when you really struggled? We've talked about what it was like for you, how scared you were when you quit your job. We talked about your colleague who was just super picky with the color of the thumbtack and just really, I'm sure, sucked the energy out of the room when you were trying to show up and bring your best self as an assistant principal. But can you share a time when, my goodness, you you just had to keep coming in, how you persevered, and maybe a lesson you learned in the process? There was a time when I worked for um, Teach for America. It was my like second job <laughs> out of the three or four that I've had. And I had a coworker that would take a sabbatical every year during our busiest season. And then everything would be put on me. And I struggled to push through. And I remember not feeling like I could really tell anybody. So I would just try to work really hard. And I was burning the candle from both ends. I was working in the morning. I was working at night, just trying to make it work, like just trying to get get the work done, even though I didn't have any help. And I would say the biggest lesson I learned during that was I'm stronger than I think I am. I could handle so much more than I thought I could. And so that would be the advice I would tell you all too. Like you're stronger than you think you are. Even if, even if, you know, two times the weight was put on you, you could handle it. Not that I want you to have it. Like we're trying to go simpler. That's why we're investing in like letting some of this stuff go, but you can handle it. Like you can, you can push through and persevere too. 
Oh, I love that because I'll tell you from now having interviewed 200 professionals in dozens of different careers, I think one of the main qualities in addition to curiosity that is a must is grit. Yes. You need to be able to suck it up even If you end up becoming an entrepreneur going off on your own, my friends, it is never easy. Okay, those stories of get rich quick schemes, like there are periods of time when you are getting up every day, just putting one foot in front of the other to produce whatever the content is or whatever the product is takes a lot of perseverance. Yes. And you're and you're going to want to quit. So make sure you have a clear why. Why are you doing this? What is going to keep motivating you? For me, it was I had a monetary goal, but I also wanted to help a certain number of students. So I was going to keep pushing forward until I reached 500 people that I've taught how to build wealth. But make sure you have a very clear why, because it will be tough. There will be days where you don't want to get up, but you've got to. you got to keep pushing for it for the people you're impacting. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it, okay? And you will learn so much, even in those early years where you've got an entry-level job or you're working with colleagues who are dumping extra work on your plate because they're they can, or they're inconsiderate, or whatever the case may be. You are learning skills that are going to benefit you down the line. I promise you, I promise you, even the worst jobs that you have, you are going to look back on and say, wow, man, I had no idea that I was learning time management or that I was learning how to juggle 50 different projects at the same time. And that is applying to what I'm doing now. You cannot even imagine, but just trust the process and trust the fact that one day, if you keep putting one foot in front of the other, it is going to pay off. So Terry, final time for coffee question. If you could go back to college, go back to MIT, where P.S., my friend Terry got a 4.5 GPA when she graduated. And if you could do it all over again, but based on the wisdom you have now, what advice would you give yourself? I would have invested early. Man, uh, Apple was less than $100. It's over $700 a share now, or it had gone to 700 then split. Man, I didn't. I would have invested earlier with Google and so many companies. Oh wow, how my life would have changed if I had invested earlier. So that's it. Invest. Start investing now. And to learn how to invest with Terry, where should they go? They can go to itradeandtravel.com. It'll give them like a webinar on how I make a thousand dollars a day, and they can learn more about my course. And we should let our listeners know that your least expensive course is how much? It's $2,000 or it's 1997 and there is a payment plan though. So you could do three payments of 773 which is 
really great because as we said, most investing courses are like $20,000 per class. Very inexpensive, very valuable. And a lot of my students have already made the thousand dollar a day club. So they've paid off their class and more with what I've taught them. So a thousand dollars a day, does that mean a thousand dollars five days a week times so 20 days? So that's 20,000 a month. Yep. Depending on it, it will depend on how big your account size is, but that's what we're working towards. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. And Terry, I got to ask you this question. I never asked my guests this, but how much are you earning now? Can you quantify what your income is between your courses and your day trading? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I don't want to say that answer because the IRS might be listening, but um, <laughs> but it's it's pretty significant. I've, I've definitely beat my $1,000 a day record. Lately, I've been kind of averaging about $20,000 when I trade. $20,000 a day? Yeah. Well, actually, let me take that back. Again, I don't want the IRS to come jumping on me. Yeah, of um, course. So <laughs> let's just say it's been uh, five figures a day is, is pretty consistent for me. So it's been pretty cool journey. And then what about your course or your courses? My course is doing phenomenally well as, as well. If you can just imagine, like we have over 700 students this year. It's doing phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So is it in the six figures or the seven? It, it's in the seven figures. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> huge congratulations to you, Terry. You are such an inspiration. I love your spirit and your energy and your smarts and positivity, all of that, and just wish you continued success with all that you do. Thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. Thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.